This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on TV. All right, folks, we are back from the break. This is Dustin Gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, before the break, I introduce you to our special guest, Halsey English, who I've known for several years, and he sent me over this dissertation, this thesis on how the technocracy, as I would explain it, he'll explain it in his own words. We don't have to agree on every aspect of this, but how they are going to be able to control and corral and punish those of us who do not go along with whatever system they have planned for us. Maybe now, maybe it changes in the future, but all of the regulations, all of the laws, uh, a lot of the technology needed to control us is already put into place. And so my belief is that as they move forward into this matrix, whether that be part natural life or part cyber life, whatever it is, they are going to need a way to punish those of us who do not go along with it. And I know there's been several viewers who have written me and tried to tell me that uh, just go build a farm and these guys are going to leave you alone. You can break free. You have a victim slave mentality. And so that's why I thought it was important right now to bring Halsey on to explain his dissertation because this is so well sourced. He included so many links. We're going to pull a lot of those up today to prove to you that the systems are already in place to put you in line if you decide that you are going to try to step outside of that line. So Halsey, welcome to the Dustin Gold Standard. Thank you very much for sending me all this information. Always a pleasure, my friend. Always a pleasure. And, so and you mentioned you mentioned how they're going to come after you if you if you disagree. I mean, they've been working on this for a while. The, I mean, when you look at things like the Chinese uh, CCP social credit score and the way that they're operating in Europe and Australia and New Zealand, they're telling us how they're going to do it. And you know, I, I always say I, I, I want to use a parable that, or or at least an analogy that in in in. In dealing with the America-Israel relationship and people say, well, they get so much foreign aid, I always say, well, they get the, the, the military-industrial complex gets something they want in return. They get real-time testing against Russian systems, like in Syria and places like that. The, the different countries that have been implementing these different levels of authoritarianism are doing exactly the same for the American system now. They're showing them what works and what doesn't work. They're showing them what what will stop protests, what will stop people from rising up, what will stop people from fighting back, and what won't. Like, look at the truckers in Canada. You know, they sent the cops, they sent the National Guards, they sent everybody that they possibly could, and nothing stopped the truckers until Trudeau started taking their bank accounts. Then they lasted two days. You know, and he didn't stop with just them. He stopped with anybody who sold them a cup of coffee or you know, brought them some ice or, or, or a blanket. And 
when they lost their accounts from all from what I understand, they still haven't gotten them back. So now now the 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 kind of deep state world state knows these are the methods that work. Then you look at the Netherlands and they have these farmer protests going on and they're going on and they're just ignoring them because they know if they do if they ever get big enough that they need to stop it, they know how to stop it. So they'll let these protests go on under the guise of, you know, freedom of expression, freedom of speech, freedom to protest. But as soon as it impacts them in any way, they'll they'll shut it down with a quickness. Yeah, and I would say the elites and the, I mean, we've talked about this back in the days on uh, some of your shows. I've talked about it on other shows. Now, the elites and then their political puppets, um, do you think really the only couple of things that they actually fear would be the, and this goes across the whole country, not just in the United States, but would be either one, the people actually, if they push the people too hard, too fast, actually rising up and started to, starting to drag some of these people from their mansions uh, in a Muammar Gaddafi style, or just another politician, another puppet, another elite trying to take out another one because he wants more power, similar to like a Game of Thrones, House of Cards scenario, right? So, I mean, why would they want to uh, test all of these systems, like you say, around the world rather than just implementing them? Do you think they actually fear regular plebeians, the peasants actually rising up with pitchforks uh, if they push too hard too fast? I don't think that they necessarily fear it. I think what they fear is the unknown and they're not afraid that let's say i mean i hate using the term republicans because republicans just translates to pussies but let, let's say let's say they fear that republicans are going to organize on a january 6th level where they'll protest and and possibly even get a little crazy right they that's an unknown to them because they don't know how far if they push that they'll experience some level of pushback now we know that they'll people will put up with a lot of shit. I mean, if you look at the Declaration of Independence, it even acknowledges people will put up with a pretty high level of tyranny before they'll react. You know, but that unknown is always a devastating factor to them because they don't know what the next step will be at that point or when the masks will come off and they'll lose the support of even their own kind of people. So by by testing these things on a smaller scale in different countries you can pretty much take human behavior for human behavior. So if if they're like they're not going to go on on come up to your door and arrest you for writing a mean Facebook post like they would in Britain. But they know they can censor you because they know that they've censored a ton of people and nothing's happened because of it. So it's it's finding those lines that they can push cuz remember and and we talk about this on on a lot of my shows. There's three things they generally need to institute complete tyranny. They need some kind of digital currency or at least control over the currency. They need some kind of digital passport or way of, of restricting your travel. And they need gun control. Those, those are the things they absolutely need. So it's very easy to feel comfortable stepping back. Like I, I even do it all the time saying, well, gun control would be impossible to fully implement in this country. Like Biden can ban whatever guns he wants. There's 400 million guns in this country. Just the sheer manpower to check if people are turning them in and things like that would be off the off the hook. But as we'll get into later, there are ways to get gun control without having to pass gun control. And that's what that's what we're seeing more and more is how are they going to do these things? And the further out you draw with the camera, the further you could see the macro plan. 
And I was just going to ask you that before we get into the meat and potatoes here, just so the audience knows, what do you, and, and look, plans are always changing. They change based on who the leaders are at any given time. And I'm not just talking about the politicians sitting in seats, but the, the money guys, the big people behind them. So plans can change. But what do you see as we get into this dissertation here as as their goals in the end, do you think, and you've mentioned to me, this is really just about sort of sheer authoritarianism? I mean, is that how you see it? What, what do you see that they're trying to do? Or do they just want total control so that they can implement whatever system it is they're looking at doing down the road? So it's a, com- it's a combination of the two. The authoritarian aspect is something that any leader is probably going to embrace to some extent, because most leaders believe that the reason they're they're not successful as they would like to be or they're not loved like caesar or any of them is because they didn't have the power to do so so there's that mix of of authoritarianism there but there's also a a big aspect especially in america the european union of necessity because since the the 40s since since the new deal the way that politicians have have achieved and maintained power is through bribery they, they put you on welfare, they put, they give you benefits, they give you tax breaks. They basically buy you off in order to let you keep thinking everything is just fine. But at the same time, we're out of money. There, there is no more money left. The Fed, who's always been kind of the bank of last resort for the government, they're broke too. So the only option they have is to print more money, which, as we see, leads to skyrocketing inflation. And have they shown any sign that they're going to give up? Of course not. I mean, Biden just promised another $500 billion in order to cancel student loans for a handful of people because he wants to turn up. Uh, I mean, I don't think he's actually going to do it, but because he wants college-educated whites to turn out for him in the midterms. So as as we start drawing to a point where there just is no more money or where the benefits that they promise people don't amount to shit because the currency is not worth it anymore and hasn't hasn't improved, they're going to need ways to stop people from going completely insane because nothing goes, nothing says insanity like starving or not being able to pay your bills and, and getting thrown out of your house and homeless. Well, I was just going to ask you that. Do you think they're putting these systems into place or started two years ago because they saw that eventually uh, everything would be bankrupt and it would and chaos would ensue? Or are they provoking chaos and then they're going to try to just control it? Are they going to try to bank everyone on purpose or is the goal to try to prevent that from happening how do you see that big picture it's it's again it's a little bit of all of the above i mean let's let's just take a specific in, uh, instance like climate change right they've been telling us for years now that the earth is warming at an unsustainable pace we're all going to be dead soon new york is going to be underwater you, you name london's going to be underwater you name it but even though most of us think that it's kind of bullshit that that humans have such an impact on the climate and that it's all about co2 and all of that if they just ignore it and say well we tried but they wouldn't let us sooner or later people get pissed and they lose power so there has to be some level of control that they put in and these systems of control that they're putting in are usually there to stop crises from enveloping them as well you know and and as as bad as trump was and as naive as he was and as powerless as he was, you could just see from COVID what they were able to accomplish with Trump. He went into COVID, COVID with a roaring economy. He went in with 
generally good approval ratings, you know, among people. People weren't upset. Let's put it that way. And for two years, they had him shut down the government over a cold. They had him develop a vaccine with big pharma who were in the pocket of his political enemies, you know, and brag about how great it was. They they basically destroyed any chance that Trump had of being reelected at that point. Then they rigged the, the election against him. And now they're using what happened on January 6th as a way of politically suppressing his, you know, his supporters. So what is their goal? Their goal is mostly, I think, just to survive. I think that what you're talking about are just ways to keep their own people in the dark and ways to keep other people mollified enough that they don't get pissed. Now, let me just ask you this before we we get into uh, into this, just so uh, the audience knows. What, what are your personal beliefs on... Um, you know, the World Economic Forum, a Council on Foreign Relations. Are these just think tanks, obviously comprised of the uh, elite heads of state and CEOs and investors and such? Are they just part of, as Klaus Schwab calls it, the stakeholders? Uh, they meet to uh, devise these plans uh, that we just talked about in order to be able to insulate and protect themselves uh, if chaos ensues? I think that they're twofold. One, I think they're a fantastic boogeyman in order to kind of show like, oh, look, this is what they're going to do with you. They're going to make you eat bugs. They're going to put microchips in you. They're going to, you know, replace you with you with with computers and all of that. And they, they these people, that's what they actually want when all said and done. But in reality, they're, that's the goal. The Right now, we're not talking about the goal because they can't just implement the goal. So they need politicians who are at least on board with some of it, whether through nefarious thought or whether even just through pure ignorance. I'm sure lots of people, when they hear about putting a microchip in your in your body that that has your credit information, your health information and all of that, they see that as as an advancement of humanity. They don't see that as as a way that can be used to oppress, you know, general people at all times. It's people like us that see it like that because we have a general distrust for parties in power in the first place. But the World Economic Forum is is just basically, it's like the UN. They have very little power, but they provide a place for like-minded individuals to come together and figure out how to implement some of these things that they believe will be better at the very least for the governments of the world, but over the long term will be good for the people. Well, yeah, and I was going to ask you that because I don't necessarily believe that um, every person that we look at as evil believes that they're evil. There's some that believe they're actually doing good uh, in their plans. Do you believe these type of people are doing it uh, because they want to enslave humanity because they are evil? Or do you think some of them actually believe this is the way forward. This is the way to sustainability. This is how we will save our planet. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on the mentality, the psychology of these type of people? I think these people really do believe that they're helping humanity, but I think they do it from a kind of pretentious, high lofty goal, like a for, for foreground, so to say. Like, mm -hmm. they do believe what they're doing will be better than for humanity. But at the same time, the reason they believe it'll be better for humanity is because they believe most people are retarded, which I can't even fault them for thinking that because most people are retarded. 
And and they figure that these are the things that are going to have to be implemented regardless of whether us plebs actually agree with them or not. So I, I think that when you hear like, um, I, I forgot the name, the hackable animals guy. Um, you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, Yuval Noah Harari, yeah. Yeah. When you hear lunatics like him speak, it's not that he holds a position of prominence and you could go, oh, look, he wants to, you know, make people into, into hackable robots and stuff like that. He represents the extreme of their type of movement. So if, if you say, oh, okay, well, they want to make us into hackable animals, then you're a lot less likely to be upset when your passport has a tracking chip in it. Or that you're monitored by your vaccines or things like that because you say, oh, well, the goal is this. They're just trying to incrementally get there. So if we if we play along for now, we'll be able to organize later. It's a stupid way to look at it, but it's a way a lot of people do look at it. Oh, uh, yeah, 100%. It's like the digital uh, IDs that are already in place in Florida. But I know what you're saying. You put someone out there who is going to shout and scream and act crazy. And then when you get anything less than that, you believe that you actually won. Folks, we're going to be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard on with Halsey English. You don't want to miss what's coming up. This stuff is unbelievable. It's mind-blowing. You're listening to Pain.TV, and I will be right back. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. All right, folks, we are back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. And we are involved in an in-depth conversation with Halsey English, who is going to explain how the elites, how the powerful are going to be able to control us using the laws and the regulations and the technology and the systems they already have in place. But Halsey, I just want to pick back up in the last segment quick because we were talking about the mindset and the psychology of these authoritarians who sit on the boards and sit in the councils over at places like the World Economic Forum. And it sounds very similar to sort of kind of the, the fairy book tale of like in the founding with Thomas Jefferson who wanted to give more power to the people. He had more trust in the people. And like an Alexander, Alexander Hamilton who wanted to give more power to the government because the people were so dumb they couldn't be trusted so in a sense a lot of these guys that sit up on these powerful organizations like the world economic forum are the alexander hamiltons of the world they seem to have won the debate well i mean i don't even think there is a debate i think when all said and done that democracy itself or even a republic whatever you want to call it will eventually lead to where we are right now because sooner or later a politician will rise up in times of of distress and promise people more than they can deliver. And it's just a form of enslavement. And everybody knows that. And everyone knows that sooner or later, that's where you're going to get to. So they figure, well, people are stupid. They've all been suckered in. I mean, you can see it right now. How many people are opposed to 90% of the welfare programs that the government you know, puts in place in order to benefit certain communities? But then if you tell them, well, how about we cut this and that and it's benefiting them they'll freak out and say oh absolutely not 
Oh, definitely. A hundred percent. So now let's jump right into this. I'm going to open up the notes on the screen uh, that you sent over and we kind of revised and then we'll start getting into the meat of this. But I think a good place to start is where you talk about the um, the point in which like the conspiracy itself is much more advanced than the conspiracy theory. So I think let's start there because you talk about the CIA and the NSA and you've said to me, the fact is, uh, because we focused on the show, um, I taught people about InQtel, uh, the CIA's hedge fund and the hundreds upon hundreds of Silicon Valley tech companies that they're invested in, some of which are publicly traded companies, some of which are kept secret when the owners don't want it to be known they're working with intelligence but as you've said now the cia and nsa are the internet so essentially every tech company is working in some sense with the government through government contracts through these investments so let's start here i think this is a really good place because you do make some really great points here well i mean if you just look at all of the systems that are in place right now that we think were put in place for strictly you know private advancement whether it be the internet, whether it be GPS technology, cellular technology, anonymous web browsers like Tor and, and things like that, they were all invented by the military. They were all invented by the intelligence services. They were done specifically to meet a military goal, which was to use information both for the country against enemies and to be able to harvest information that would usually require some level of satellite technology or some level of human intelligence or even more. And out of nowhere, they've decided that, oh, it's great for people to have all of these technologies. And what seemed at first like something you could kind of opt into, which is true, you could just opt into it in the beginning. Not everybody carried a cell phone, not everybody had social media accounts, not everybody relied on email, not everybody even cared about the internet all that much in general. But now, all of these things are almost a necessity for you to live any kind of life in our society. Like, if you, if you want to get a job for anyone but yourself, like, it's a good chance you're going to have to give up your social media accounts, right? If you want to get a job and keep it, you'll have to give up your cell phone number. And if you don't have any of these things, you're at the very least going to arouse some level of suspicion from from the, the the powers that be or the people that you're looking to and you're giving them a level of control over you because a human resources manager might think you're the greatest person for the job then they sign on to your social media accounts and see you say trump 2020 or you know this one shouldn't be allowed to cut this child's dick off or whatever it may be and they can just immediately tell you that you're not right for the job you're not given any protections and they didn't discriminate against you because you're not a protected class so all of these things that that at one point you would think, well, what do they care about any of this are now being used against you and will continue to be used against you in a way that would never be would never fly if you were a protected class. So when people get together and they go, OK, the CIA is doing X and you can tell that they're doing X and they come up with just because it's called a conspiracy theory doesn't mean it's not happening. You know, and all of these things may be happening that all the different conspiracy theorists point to. It, it's very likely a lot of them are happening. But the, the conspiracy is usually much deeper than people have found. And it's deep to the point where it's already taken a part of your life. And you just don't even know it yet. 
Well, and the fact is, you know, a conspiracy is more than uh, two people meeting in secret to uh, plan something that will achieve a common outcome. And the fact is, the majority of this stuff aren't even conspiracies because most of this stuff, the technologists, the government officials, uh, their own white papers talk about. It's just that most people are focused on mainstream media or on influencers in social media that are essentially the same thing as the talking heads on television. They just get paid a lot less, who are not sharing this information with you. A lot of this stuff is readily available right on DARPA and other government websites. There's that, and, and most people in general don't want to think that the, the, the rulers above them or people that they've given a vote to or possibly donated to or campaigned for any of that, they don't want to think that those people are necessarily bad-minded or that they're nefariously motivated. So it, it becomes a, a case of, I, I've, I've said this for years, I always say the slippery slope is always real, right? Because no matter, no matter what, even if when people say, well, you can't legalize gay marriage because it'll eventually lead to tranny kids. And then everyone will always laugh at you and go, oh, that's that's just paranoid thinking. It'll never get that far. Of course it will. You were just able to think of it getting that far, which means other people have thought of it getting that far. And it probably will eventually get that far. You know, how many people do you know just in the last five years? Oh, they'll never, ever normalize pedophilia. I mean, who could ever do that? Well, of course they are now because the slippery slope is always real. So nobody wants to heed the argument of when they come out with something like the Patriot Act or civil asset forfeiture or, you know, advanced search or, or advanced interrogation or anything like that. No one wants or FISA warrants, anything like that. No one wants to think, well, oh, these people who are claiming it's going to be used against us to take our freedom. No one wants to believe that that's true, but it's almost always true. Oh, and, that, and that's what I tell everyone I talk to that, that always says, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's you, even uh, it's a bad example, but say Alex Jones or others that can predict what's going to happen 20 years from now. You tell people, I mean, when hasn't the slippery slope advanced 100 more steps? So when I look at what they're doing or what they talk about they're going to do, in most cases, you could say, okay, well, this is where it's going to be in 5, 10, 15 years. Because even with the evil stuff that they're doing, I try to put my mind into the, into the mindset of a psychopath, and then I multiply that, whatever I come up with, by 100, because I don't really think like a psychopath. But it's pretty easy to see where they're going with all of this stuff, especially when it's laid out in front of you and you can connect all of these dots as your research on this topic uh, has done. I mean, it's all sourced information. I just want to repeat this uh, that came out of your notes because you brushed over it in there. Um, you said the CIA NSA doesn't require or rarely requires human intelligence anymore or to work behind the scenes to sell drugs in the ghetto or use their resources to arrest domestic criminals. They have all of these new technological tools, which were always intended to exert social control and promote a uniparty, totalitarian, administrative state. So I just wanted you to expand on that quickly before we move on to the next uh, topic. Well, think about it. I mean, what do they really need to get a mole inside of an organization for? You know, or, or what do they need to have spies kind of trying to figure out anything? Um, they just don't need it anymore. It's, it's, it's obsolete. Because now that anything they want to learn about you, they just have to hack into your cell phone or, or go into your browser history because there is no, no, first of all, no one is, is that disciplined 
that they can they can just do everything without getting on the internet i mean how do you even research where you're going you know well as i mentioned yesterday on the show uh this concept of sort of uh we're talking about a character named lars butler and this mind twin technology sort of your digital twin in the cloud but as i mentioned yesterday in the show we already have a digital twin it's your digital footprint everywhere you go you're interacting with the internet one way or another you're putting in your bonus card at the grocery store you're using your credit card at the gas station to get points uh so you're 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 basically creating your own digital footprint every day uh in one way or another eventually that will just be uh all brought together and they'll say here's your digital passport here's your digital id it's connected to your social security number your bank accounts and everything else but as you say they don't even necessarily even need to do that because 90 percent of people in the united states are walking around with a smartphone anyway which is effectively your passport i mean other than than some fringe religious groups or maybe some like super 90 year old booner boomers like th everybody has a smartphone th there's no reason not to there's no reason to only have a flip phone if anything just to use the camera or anything like that or, or get email and it does uh, like there aren't people really left that are that technologically retarded that they can't figure these things out so they do and human intelligence can be biased human intelligence can be entrapping human intelligence could start to sympathize with the people that they're trying to entrap you know th these are all things that can happen but digital information can never be subjective it's just it is or it isn't you know like you could say you could write like oh i wish someone would kill this politician now you could always say like i was kidding or i was being facetious or i was being hyperbolic but it's still there in writing so no matter what you were trying to be, you still said it. And it's obviously some level of thought that you've had. So that intelligence to them is more important than someone coming back going, oh, they were joking around about killing a politician, but I don't think they were serious. Right. Now, as you say in here, um, you, you say and you mentioned the CIA and NSA don't use the Internet as a tool. They are the Internet. So let's just expand on that, because as we're talking about sort of leaving your digital footprint and and leaving behind uh, basically every day you go out and you interact in this uh, technological sort of matrix we're already living in, whether you're being tracked by Amazon Rings or Google Nest or in the grocery store on cameras, it doesn't matter everything is being processed and stored on servers so as you say the cia and nsa they they don't use the internet as a tool they are the internet so uh just expand on that for the audience they created the internet it was created with uh, through arpa which is uh, an advanced department of defense research fund where that's what they do so it's they it was only in the in the early 90s after they had already been using it for NATO and the Department of Defense for 20 years that they decided to release it for civilian purposes. And have you think of have you thought of anything that's been more encompassing, more promoted by the government, more having companies and the government willing to spend billions upon billions of dollars to implement? I mean, at first, the Internet was thought of as, oh, maybe this will be cool. And AOL, everyone loved it because you could chat with people. But obviously, they knew what the results of the Internet were going to be. They understood how efficient it was. And most likely, they understood how addictive it was because the Internet is more addictive than any kind of drug. Social media, things like that, like these are things people will actually fight and die for. 
as opposed to being a junkie who will just go rob somebody, you know, for, for a fix. Oh, 100%. And, folks, it is so addictive. I need to take a quick break and jump on the Internet. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. 